The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. Live from <laughs> just just now I'm now I'm getting the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Live from Lon's leftover pantry on Manusa, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I <laughs> you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program, with Louis Trapani, Ken Deep, hello, James Norton, hello, news, fabulous, reviews, and fan mail for James, Uh, Doctor Who Podshock, from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh yeah, what blew that? I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? This is Doctor Who Podshock, episode 135. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. Across the Great Pond, Mr. James Naughton. Hello. And we are back for another scintillating episode of Doctor Who Podshock. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for subscribing and and spreading the word about Doctor Who Podshock. Uh, people have been subscribing left and right, and the feedback's been positive. It continues to be. And we got to meet a, a bunch of people out at New England Fan Experience uh, for the 45th anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, of course, primarily the person that we met at <laughs> at New England Fan Experience was Peter Davison. And oh, we also there. met. That's right. Yeah, he was there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, that he was there. We had a chance to speak to him a second time, and that'll be included a little later in the podcast. So we'll have part two of our interview with Peter Davis, and this time live and in person. And uh, we also spoke with Eliza Roberts, wife of Eric Roberts, of course, and um, and the lovely actress who played Miranda, uh, Bruce's wife, in the 1996 TV movie. So we have a conversation with her coming up in the future. And that was very cool. Uh, Eric Roberts, due to work commitments, wasn't able to make it. He, they brought him in very last minute. They added him to the guest list, and but unfortunately, due to some work commitments, he did call in on one of the panels uh, uh, on uh, Eliza Roberts' uh, cell phone, I think, to join us in, in a virtual way. Uh, and she was very gracious uh, with Doctor Who Podchak and, and was helping us set up a phoner with Eric Roberts for the future. And actually, not even a phoner. I believe she said she had Skype, so that would be wonderful. So those are some things to look forward to in some upcoming uh, Doctor Who pod shocks. But today, of course, we have Peter Davison. And, and Lewis and I, um, I wanted to get Lewis's take on on the New England fan experience. A brand new con. This was the United Fan Con uh, that broadened its horizons this time around where they, they went and added anime and real science in addition to science um, fantasy and science fiction. Doing a few different things and going to a, a new city and a new hotel. They were at the Hyatt in Cambridge, just outside of the city of Boston, as opposed to uh, being in um, Springfield last year in the Marriott. And uh, I like the Marriott a little bit better uh, personally. I like the the hotel better. I thought it was it was set up uh, for a convention much better. Um, the things seem to be a, a little hodgepodge in, in its location. Uh, there was some confusion early on 
on the Friday night, I think, with um, but maybe just sort of finding things and, and getting your bearings. Yeah, well, it was a new hotel, so a lot of anyone that's been to one of the previous United Fan Cons, you know, this was a new setup, a new layout, and so there was some growing pains or breaking into like a new pair of trainers. You just need to um, work your way out where where things are located and and who's speaking at what time and what room. And, and once you get your geography set up of the hotel, then you have a better idea of finding what you need to find. But it was it was initially it was that break in, you know, which is uh, understandable for a well, new location. I, I do want to send say a thank you and a shout out to uh, Paul and uh, Deborah Aldred, who put the uh, New England fan experience together. They're two of the, the primary folks uh, behind the scenes and also for Tony as well, who helped us coordinate the uh the interview with peter davison that weekend so it was very cool those guys were were awesome as they always are they put together a, a very nice convention uh that's very friendly to the, the fan environment you meet the people you want to meet and get your autographs or your photographs or see panels or whatever it is that interests you it's they accommodate you and i thought that was wonderful yeah, absolutely. Yes, they, they did a great job. And, you know, things could have gone dis- disastrously wrong, but they didn't, you know, being that it was in a new location, it was a new, um, again, a new layout. And plus, the format has changed a bit as far as expanding to uh, to other markets and um, hitting other fans' um, genres, you know, such as anime and, and science fact and science fantasy and fiction and converging them all in one convention space it w- went off without a hitch. Yeah, we we actually had a, a bit of diversity too in our convention experience with hanging out with people like Don Fry. Um, oh yeah, who's, right. who's uh, hanging out with us on on Friday night? Wrestler and and um, and, and, he's been and actor as well. Now. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's someone we would normally be sitting with, but he was telling stories and we were laughing and having a good time. So uh, it was very cool. And Story Musgrave as well, uh, NASA legendary NASA astronaut there. Um, a man who's done everything we've ever dreamed of doing, which is to fly in space. So. Several times over. Multiple times, yes. So it was very cool. I, I, I had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said, no, I just said I haven't been there once yet. <laughs> oh, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that was, a, that was a bit of our New England fan experience. Uh, the, the Hyatt, the inside of the Hyatt reminded me of something out of uh, Logan's, Logan's Run. Run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> we kept on spotting we, runners. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, making Logan's Run references the whole weekend based on the design of the the inside of the high. Well, um, Billy, who was there with us, um, it, I think he enlightened us that it was um, that Logan's Run was actually shot at a in a Hyatt in um, in Texas. Texas, yeah. Yeah. So that's our uh, that was our New England fan experience report. We'll have a few uh, interviews over the next couple pod shocks from there. And then our friend Billy was out at Chicago TARDIS, and we have, we'll have have his report in an upcoming episode. That was the weekend after New England fan experience. So it was a very busy weekend on the 45th anniversary of Doctor Who. It was very exciting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was I, just a, a, just nice to have a doctor in the house on the 45th <laughs> in anniversary. In both houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, it's, I was just, we, we met up with Billy last night, in fact, and we were getting uh, we were getting his report on Chicago TARDIS. And I actually, I have to say that I haven't heard, um, you know, everything I heard from Chicago TARDIS has been outstanding. And, and even the same thing goes with uh, New England Fan Experience. Everyone's um, 
pretty um, had a pretty much a good experience. A, a um, you know, there's, I haven't heard any negative feedback from the convention itself. So um, I think both of them went off without a hitch. And um, and hats off to uh, Chicago Tardis as well. They did a magnificent event. And we saw uh, photographs from Chicago oh, Tardis. Yeah. Unfortunately, both Ken and myself were unable to attend, but Billy was there in our stead, and um, he actually was, um, he won Best Journeyman in the Masquerade Contest as the classic, from the classic story, uh, The Mind Robber, as one of the white robots. And so if you uh, see any photos of, of Chicago TARDIS we'll, with, with the white robot, yeah, we'll embed it into this Billy. podcast, into the enhanced version. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it was <laughs> an excellent costume, and, and great, I, I love costumes that, that appeal to the diehard. You know, they, you, if you walk down the street with that, people would think they wouldn't know what it was. They'd just be like, wow, there's somebody in a costume. But when you walk into a Doctor Who convention, the people who start smiling and pointing, you know, know exactly what what the significance is. I, I have a friend in a Star Wars group that does a, a Biggs costume. And you have to be a hardcore Star Wars fan to know who Biggs is. I mean, right down to the mustache. So, um yeah, and and as a, those kind of, of costumes are, are always appreciated. One of our listeners, Tim Drury, had commented about um, about his costume, saying that you know in the because Tim's in the UK, you know many people in the UK, as far as Doctor Who events go, they mostly dressed up as the Doctor or uh, Cybermen and and um, Daleks and all that. So it's it's unusual to see someone you know using dressing up as a character from an obscure you know or what he described as it's it's a diehard you know uh, it's it's for diehards you know yeah mm-hmm. so what do we have in the doctor who newsroom well interestingly enough uh this past week uh the current head producer of doctor who russell t davies um in fact since uh since its insurrection inception of the new series he's been an, awarded an order of the british empire mm. uh for his uh his achievements in in writing which is fantastic so now it's it's russell t davies obe wow uh, yeah indeed so they, they uh, fell short of of knighting him for for such well, an accomplishment it, it's, sort of, it's sort of uh the wrong down uh i think it's obe then cbe uh, mm-hmm. OBE's order, CB's commander, and then KBE, which is is uh, is the knighthood. Um, but they only tend to to give uh, knighthoods to people who are uh, 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 sort of much older than Russell is, I guess. So mm-hmm. they tend to give people OBEs and CBEs first. So, um, but it, it's great that he, that he's re- been recognised for his tremendous achievements um, in terms of writing for television. Uh, and the terrific jobs that he's done. I mean, since Doctor Who, we've all said this many, many times before, since, since Doctor Who's come back, he's done an absolutely amazing job, and we're kind of sad to see him go, but at the same time happy that uh, that Stephen Moffat is, is going to be taking over as well. It's in, in good hands is the show. But I thought that was really cool uh, and and great that, that uh, he's been uh, he's been given this this. Uh, Award or honor for his services for for drama and everything, uh, and will have accepted it from the Queen at Buckingham Palace. So that was kind of cool. Nice little bit of of tidbit news. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I just and, received my copy of the Writer's Tale in the mail a few days ago, and oh yeah, I haven't cracked it open yet. But yeah, I'm looking forward to finally. Uh, you know, we we, got, we had a little bit of a delay here in the states in in receiving it, but it's here and in good hands. Yeah, good read, so I hear. I, I need to mm. pick up a copy myself. Uh, anyway, uh, 
the Doctor Who website has been redesigned. It's now uh, like previous years in Advent calendar. And also uh, there's a, a nice special Christmas message there from the Doctor himself, David Tennant. Uh, and I'm, I'm refreshing it every day, checking out the new little little window. I don't even bother to buy an advent calendar anymore because uh, I like to just check out the one on the, on the site. It's really cool. Uh, and also, coupled with that, um, it's not entirely Doctor Who uh, related, um, but there are Doctor Who clips in uh, a trailer that the BBC has put online. It's on YouTube. I don't know if it's available in the States. It is um, not. It is not available in the States, okay. But it's kind of a uh, a mishmash of all sorts of clips from an upcoming drama series that's going to be over shown on the BBC over Christmas. And Doctor Who is, is kind of heavily featured in it. Um, but it's it's kind of unique. I don't think they've ever done this before, where they've they've uh, mishmashed it with other drama series uh, in terms of a trailer over Christmas and things. Um, it, it's also quite funny because on the forums and things, uh, uh, a lot of people have been speculating almost frame by frame. Uh, as to what things are going to be in terms of the, the Christmas special. And quite a few people have, have mistakenly assumed that uh, that one of the shots is of Billy Piper. So a lot of people were talking that, that Rose was coming back and everything. Actually, it's uh, Sheridan Smith, who obviously plays uh, one of the Eighth Doctor's companions. Um, but it's, in this instance, she's starring in, in a Jonathan Creek Christmas special. So uh, that was kind of fun to, to read and see. But it's, if you are in the UK, check it out. It's an interesting trailer. There's some nice little uh, tidbits there. It's going to be... I'm so excited about this now. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the next Doctor on Christmas yeah. Day. And um, as we record this, it's just about three weeks away. Yes, it's uh, marching forwards all the time. So it's not just how many sleeps till Christmas Day for, for all the presents, but it's how many sleeps... Now is there going to be a live uh, pod shock following that? Yes, there were. We scheduled for a Sunday that I believe it's the 28th. Um, yes. No, no. Yeah, we are in December. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we're doing a live pod shock at that time, which will. Sunday, review. December 28th, yes. what, 1, 1 p.m. Eastern? 1 p.m. Standard, Eastern Standard Time, yes. Which, um, which is 6 p.m. here in the UK. And uh, check your the webs uh, for information <laughs> about other time zones because I don't have a clue what it is in Australia or whatever. But. In the, yeah. the, the bloody middle of the night, that's what it is. Yes, yeah. Well, well also on the, on this theme of uh, of holiday specials and uh, and the BBC, it's to my understanding that the BBC will be showing once again the Doctor Who prom or the Doctor Who proms, um, in, which was actually um, in high definition, which is going to be, I don't have a date on when, but it's supposedly it's part of the lineup of holiday specials that the BBC is running on, um, in HD. Wow. Oh. So that's a replay of the one that, that happened a few months ago. It could be either a replay or highlights. Oh, okay. I think it, it might be a, a replay, you know, um, because the BBC has this dedicated... HD channel, which is available on um, on FreeSat, or uh, if you own, have Sky or, or other uh, providers of of, of, of digital content, um, they have a, a channel which they they tend to fill up with uh, a lot of programs that have been on um, 
BBC One and Two. Sometimes they even show it at the same time in things where it's just the same content but in HD. Um, so I, I guess that it will be the full thing, but I don't know. I know it, uh, it initially came out in July, and, and at the time we were uh, we were catching up on Doctor Who Podshocks with previous recorded episodes, so we sort of missed the boat on on discussing that. So maybe um, when it's repeated, maybe we'll. Uh, talk about it in an upcoming part, Chuck. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen the opening, but I haven't uh, watched the whole thing, yes, and I was uh, I was quite excited about it at the time, but uh, I was busy working and beavering away, so I, I never got the chance to. to we've had a few really requests to to cover it, so uh, you know people were, at, were curious as to our take. So mm. well, yeah, so guys, watch this space or listen to this space, as the case may be. And continuing with the holiday theme, the cover of the Radio Times has been released, which covers, once again, the Doctor Who special, the Christmas special, the next, the next Doctor, and um, it's a nice cover. I keep You keep saying the words holiday special, and I keep thinking we're going to talk about the Star Wars holiday. Oh, uh, well, Christmas special. I, uh, Christmas special, it, I, yeah. Well, we should make a note that it's the 30th anniversary of the Star Wars holiday special, so I sort of have that stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. Just but it's a nice uh, fold-out cover, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because it's got uh, uh, all the three sort of main characters there, as well as the Cybermen. And interestingly, um, the Cyber Leader... They seem to have added yeah. uh, an extra feature. Before, he they used to just have the sort of black handlebars. Mm-hmm. Now, part of the the face, sort of the it's like uh, a mask almost. Yeah, the mask is is painted sort of black to I guess to indicate that that uh, that they're, they're the uh, the cyber leader. Also, I think you can see uh, the brain is exposed as well. It's kind of hard to tell from the shot online. Mm. Uh, That's so but cool. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to buy it. I must admit because I think it, it it's it's for the next uh, it's out now, but I think it's it's for TV and radio in the following week from mm. the sixth to the twelfth. So, um, but it's great again that they that they've had a another Doctor Who cover for Christmas. I really enjoy it when when they do that. Um, uh, it's always well, we, nice. We, to we would like through. to think as fans that they're. Oh wow, Doctor Who's doing really well. You know, they're putting it on the cover. But what happens is, when they put Doctor Who on the cover, they sell twice as many Radio Times. So it's well, you know, it's true, like yeah. it's like, well, wow, are they doing us a favor? No, they're doing themselves a favor. Well, that's true. They're, they're doing the fans a favor in that they do have nice kind of previews of of what's coming up and good oh, articles. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting the magazine. I think it's a fine magazine. It's actually yeah. way better than the TV guide we have here in America, which used to be a, a pretty decent publication and it's turned into a joke. Really? Yeah. It's 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 like a tabloid now. It just happens to have TV listings. <laughs> well, I'm I'm quite proud of, of the Radio Times, and I I do enjoy it. I do pick it up from from time to time. But um, I, I know no I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended, indeed. But I can appreciate what you're saying, Ken. Is that uh, as well as uh, them doing a favor for the fans, it's also a favor for themselves because they will sell a lot more Radio Times when they have uh, Doc Two on the cover because. Fans like us will go out and, and purchase it. At, uh, and thank you, by the way, for your uh, sending us the Radio Times from time to time. No well, problem. James, well, if you're, James has if been you're very generous. At... He sends Lewis and I a copy of it when, it, <laughs> when they have Doctor Who on the cover. 
If you're lucky enough, you might get uh, one this Christmas as well. I'll keep my fingers crossed. I, I open it up, though, and the listings are terrible. I, I look to see what's on, and, and I can't get any of this stuff. <laughs> it all looks so good. <laughs> Sorry, old chap. Well, you know, on your uh, frequent flights to the UK when Doctor <laughs> Who's on, maybe you can, uh, can catch up on what's going on there as well. Okay. It's better than getting a rock. <laughs> so what else do we have in the news well, Doctor Who news? as we record this uh, this week, earlier in this week the latest Sarah Jane Adventures featured a returning guest character from Doctor Who none other than Nicholas Courtney has returned to the fold as playing um, retired uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart Alistair Lethbridge Stewart I don't know if you two had a chance to catch it yet. I won't spoil anything, but it's a it's a good episode, and uh, it's part one of two. It's, it's Enemy of, of the Bane. I won't give anything more away, but it's uh, it's good to see the brig back in action on the screen again. Yeah, and and that's interesting because maybe it shows kind of a willingness to to have him back on the the flagship show on Doctor Who itself. I'd I'd love to see we've that. Been hoping, um, yeah, we've been saying. Do, do you yeah. think that this is testing the waters for that? Possibly. I mean, um, I was quite surprised, to be honest, in the last series. I was still expecting, with Unit and everything, for the, for the Brigadier to pop out at some stage because, um, uh, you know, uh, even if it was only for a short cameo, it would have been nice to see because, uh, uh, well, obviously he was featured heavily throughout the, the third Doctor's run. And they've had people like Sarah Jane back. It's kind of a, a, the next logical step. Who do we bring back next from the classic series in terms of, uh, of a, a companion that they could bring back? To my mind, uh, the Brigadier is, uh, is, a, is a popular choice, is, a, is an obvious choice as well. Well, he's a uh, must. I mean, he's, yes. he's served with almost every doctor and um, he's a fan favorite. Definitely, and and particularly with his his uh, his work on uh, and 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 featured in in the big f- uh, Finnish productions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a no brainer to me, and I really hope that at some stage they do it. If not during the the sort of mini specials or whatever you want to call them in the coming uh, year two thousand and nine, or if Stephen Moffat um, decides to bring the Brigadier back, I think it would be great, even if it's only just for a short little cameo or something. It would be nice to see him in an episode of Doctor he, Who. He was mentioned in this past series, and he was on. Yeah, I, I think believe, they did. I believe they mentioned he was uh, on. He was away on a mission in Peru, right? Something yeah. along those lines, because it, that's. It's referenced again in this Sarah Jane Adventures story as well. You know that 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 reference is made that he was he was away or he will be. Actually, I think they were saying that he he he's going to go. So the timeline for this story of uh, this particular story of Sarah Jane may be taking place before the Santarn um, story back. It, it, was, it was sort of. Um, was it the third? I said Santar experiment, but that's completely yeah, wrong. No, no, was, did um, I say that? Stratagem, Santar <laughs> yes, stratagem. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you, thank you, Ken. And then uh, uh, Poison Earth, the next one, wasn't it, or something along those lines? God, it's terrible. I'm Poison Sky, my... gentlemen. What Poison are you guys? Sky. You guys are suffering from mental lapses. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's probably because I haven't had uh, my cup of tea. It's uh, okay. terrible. <laughs> I'm sure it's the tea that you're lacking. <laughs> yes. Well, to fire the synapses in my brain. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
What else is in the Doctor Who newsroom, chaps? Well, well as far as I can see, I mean, um, maybe I'm overstepping my bounds here, but that's as, as much as I had written down to talk about. But I'm sure Lewis is going to step in and say, yes, there's something else vitally <laughs> important we haven't covered. Well, what we do have is um, our correspondent and friend of Doctor Who Pachak, Dave A.C. Cooper, was um, had filed a report concerning the Hyde fundraisers, and he has an interview with Wayne Broughton, if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. Right, this is Dave Cooper for Doctor Who Podshop, and I'm speaking to... Wayne Broughton. And this is from the Hyde fundraiser. Hyde fundraiser, that's right, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about today's event? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, an event here at Ashton Library. We've done quite a few um, library events this year, um, and the um, organisers at Ashton have obviously got in touch with us and asked us if we do the same and a similar sort of event as what we've done at places like Birmingham and Hamlin this year. Um, so really, it's just, as you can see, we've got some Daleks out, we've got some mannequins out, and we've got some uh, characters walking around entertaining the public. Um, and we're quite fortunate that Ashton have um, given us a donation towards the charities that we're raising funds for this year. Yeah, I was very impressed. I mean, the scarecrow outfits and the others, they're all made by the, the group themselves. Yes, the, the vast majority of, uh, of the costumes you see here today and the props are all made by our members. Um, everybody gives their own time willingly and freely. Um, and it's just a great bunch of people. And yeah, it's all, in the majority, all of it's uh, made within the group. Yeah, I love it, the fact that you've chosen the library to do the today's show. I hopefully it'll encourage these young people to come in and read books as well as watch TV. That's, yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the things that the libraries have picked up on us this year, is that we can bring the Doctor Who characters. That brings lots and lots of people, because obviously the, the series at the minute, you know, so many people are enjoying it, so they come in to see us, and through that we get them into the library. Hopefully they join in as members if they're not already, and like you're saying, it, reading books, you know, getting education through that way. Yes. Right. I mean, talk, uh, the Gallifrey Embassy, which I'm talking and you're talking to now, yep. are mainly interested in Doctor Who and spin-off things like Sarah Jane yep. Adventures and Torchwood and so on. But I believe you do do other characters. Yeah, I mean, we, we have um, Star Wars, is always a popular one. Um, we tend to get invited to a reasonable amount, not as many as Doctor Who, but maybe two or three events a year where we can get the Star Wars characters out. We also do superheroes. We've got Batman, we've got Joker, obviously a villain. Um, we've got Spider-Man, Predator is always a good one. A bit scary for some young kids, that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically anything. We recently did a... Um, Carnival at Denton, which is quite close to here, where we had all Disney characters, um, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, Stitch, so we have a wide range of characters, but the majority is Doctor Who, obviously, because of the phenomenal success of the new series, that's what people want to see. Yeah, well, the Gallifrey Embassy is uh, an American-run site, but I keep telling them that hides the SF place of the world, because, of course, uh, we've had... Uh, uh, from uh, life on Mars, we all know that the, uh, the famous uh, policeman comes from high. Yes, yes. Uh, and also, I believe the writer of Dan Dare was born in Audenshaw, which is not far from here. And of course, the works that yourselves do. Right, well, thanks very much for the interview. I'm just going to pan back and get you on screen with the uh, Dalek next to you. Thanks very much for that. Well, Great you, job Dave, as yeah. ever, Dave. Yeah. 
And I have to just point out, um, Dave has a, a fantastic YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash DAC100, as in Dave AC. And uh, he's, he's got the, that clip there, along with lots of other Doctor Who-related clips and stuff. It's a nice little page, and he updates he it own, very regularly. Um, video blog as well. It's a, it's a blip. He TV, does. Blip. Yeah. Um, I don't have that. Well, if you're listening to the embedded podcast, I'll include the link. I don't have it handy right now. Yeah. If also, you go to our site, I'm sorry. If you go to our site, gallifrandembassy.org or pawchalk.net, he posts there as well. So you can catch his uh, video blogs postings there. Yeah. I've just double checked his uh, blip TV site is daveac.blip.tv. If anyone right. wants to and check that out, that he does like a, a weekly. Uh, it's kind of a podcast in the way. I don't mm-hmm. know if it. I think it's on iTunes as well. I think if you search for Dave AC, he just kind of talks about uh, sci-fi and stuff. Is and is wine. what? <laughs> wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm subscribed, and it, it's great to see. He, Two he's of out my there. favorite subjects. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We were doing that last night. Yes, <laughs> we were. Uh, we were exploring. We were exploring wine a little further last night. Yes, why not? I I think that uh, there's nothing wrong with a bit of grape juice every now and then. Very healthy. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the the Hyde fundraisers has been. I believe is it's an annual event. They, this is not the first time they've done Doctor Who themed event, fundraiser events. So. Um, you know, maybe we should have uh, Dave on the show at some point live, you know, recording with us and he can fill us in more about the history of, um, of Hyde. And as he said in that report, it is pretty much a hotspot of uh, science fiction activity in, in the UK. Yeah, well, it's uh, a nice little, um, I don't know if you call it a suburb or it's kind of a town within Greater Manchester. Um, uh, it's an, it's uh, an interesting little place, so... It's great to see that Dave could bob along and, and take some footage. Uh, there's a great little um, a clip of uh, him kind of filming uh, somebody acting as Davros talking to all of the kids. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> uh, if you want to go onto his YouTube channel and check that out. Anyway. All right, I, I don't know if we've got any... Have we got any further news? Uh, I think that, that rounds out the news section, I believe. Yes, good, because good. we're going to completely ignore the... Who's going to be the next doctor yeah, portion of the news from now on? Right now. It's, a, yes. it's, it's really a new just name a lot of every day. And, you know, as I said in the Sonic News Driver podcast, I'm, I'm not even going to cover that. You know, I'll, I'll cover other people's uh, perhaps connected to the series, maybe who they would like to see or something like that. But uh, that's as far as I'll go, because it's just it's every day. It's a new person being tossed about in the rumor mills. And it's, you know, whenever it's selected, it will be selected. It will be announced. We'll know then. Speculation is fine. I'm well, It's a lot of fun to speculate, but don't, you know, don't disguise it as news and don't, you know, report it as news that, oh, well, so-and-so is in the talks with the BBC and then the next day it's it's another name in the talks with the BBC for the role, you know. Like, it's, like I said, speculation is fine, but don't, you know, disguise it as news. Mm, mm. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, it's all just rumours and, uh, like you say, there's a, a, a new name every day. We would, uh, I think we could do a whole podcast in itself just devoted to, to such a topic, so we're going to ignore <laughs> it and move on. So, uh, up next, shall we uh, delay the inevitable and uh, stop our fans in their, their seats with uh, the interview with Peter Davison? Yeah, we'll come back right after this with that. Thank <laughs> you. 
This is Peter Davison, and you're listening to the Doctor Who Podshock. This is Dave AC inviting you to CIA Podcast. Live! We're live! Now called Coldum in Audio. Samantha. Samantha. I sound like something out of a Terrorhawk. <laughs> Hello, Ian. Hello. Ian, I interviewed you, G. Italy. Hey. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Ready to go. Dr. Who and Highlander. It was really good. But that is one of my other uh, little foibles. Could have done with some of those at the con. You know, and, uh, and, of course, I have to say, this is Ian in the groove. This is Ramana, too. And Benjamin uh, Elliott, this week in Dr. Who, guy. The green-skinned Orion slave girl. Wow. <laughs> I had a good thought, dude. It might have been even funny. Depending <laughs> it's a fanboy goo. Until you mentioned Wendy Pedbury. <laughs> Oh, and Ian was like, ah, Say, let's get out of here. <laughs> he remembered my name. Uh. <laughs> with Jerry Doyle from Babylon 5. It's my other tagline. Doyle bought me a whiskey. Bye, everyone. Bye. Subscribe to CIA on iTunes. I'll catch us directly from TalkShoe. Welcome, uh, good folks, to Radio Free Starro. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Feed me! <laughs> um, Idiot's Lantern. Yes. Idiot's Lantern. The sort of uh, the forgotten episode in between uh, the Goliath. is hungry. Hungry. Quite enjoyed, uh, David Tennant's righteous anger once he discovered that uh, that Rose had her face zapped. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. www.fabric.com. Despite being kind of a nondescript episode, there's a lot of stuff going on in this one that there isn't in, say, Fear Her, which we'll be going on to later. And me, Warren. Is there any other way to go, Daddy O? Take that, Podshock. Welcome back to Doctor Who Podshock. As promised, we now continue our interview with Peter Davison, but this time in person at the New England Fan Experience. Previous to this, we just interviewed Peter Davison just days before the New England Fan Experience, but that time was via telephone. If you hadn't heard our previous interview, it's available on Doctor Who Podshock number 134. This is Ken Deep, Peter Davison, and myself. So we spoke a, a little bit, and first off, today is, uh, as we're recording this, November 23rd, 2008, the 45th anniversary of Doctor Who. That's why we, we were hoping to, to see you in person and, yeah. and, and conduct ev- and even the shortest interview just on this special day. And, mm. and, um, and 25 years ago, the five doctors, I, I, I have to apologize, because I know the apologizes the other day when we spoke, you were like... Oh, has it been 25 years? <laughs> oh, no. But you see, I remember, also remember the, the day it went out. So that's, that's, as you say, 45 years ago. So that, you know, it's astounding mm-hmm. that I yeah. stood around. Yeah, well, <laughs> <to me. laughs> and tragically, I was listening to something on the radio this morning where they were talking about someone's age. And they said, do you know how old someone is? And they're very, very old. And they turned out to be two years older than me, which is not that much, really. <laughs> it's probably like some 19-year-old DJ. Yeah, probably. It's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're uh, you know. Yeah. When you hear someone say, yeah, they're really old, they're in their 30s, you're like, yeah. what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you remember 
the first episode going out? I mean, as a kid, were you watching? Um, absolutely, yes. I mean, uh, well, for two reasons. Obviously, because of uh, you know, I remember as everyone does where I was, you know, when Kennedy was shot, uh, um, and that was you know effectively yesterday. Um, and uh, um, and I remember Doctor Who going out uh, um, because it was sort of exciting. Was sort of exciting even then. And then they, I think, because of everything that happened that weekend, they repeated the, the same episode yeah, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember it very very well because it kind of gripped uh, certainly the younger the younger people right from the first episode. Stimulated imagination. Yeah, it was just nothing of... quite like it. You know, yeah. when you were. When you were there, were you interested in in acting at that time? When you were watching that, or or is it just uh, you know? Well, no, no. I came home, watch TV. I, there's no acting um, a tradition in my family at all, so I, I wasn't. Uh, I had no no thoughts about it at that time. Other than, I, I suppose every child at some point uh, thinks. Yeah, be a film star, but that went along with being a truck driver, <laughs> a fire train driver. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now we're looking back at the five doctors when you shot it. Compare it now, where you're saying, "Okay, it's 25 years later. It's mm. it's it's at the time it was sort of a, a novelty item, but now it's this classic story. Mm. People look back on it. It's a it's in many ways um, a great tutorial for new fans. You can put yeah. it on. You can say, "Okay, this person does this, okay, and this yeah. person does this." Yeah. Um, do you have any recollections of, of well, that? Well, I mean, I remember from the first time that uh, John Nathan Turner said, you know, this is what they were going to do. And obviously there were problems. You know, one, uh, William Hartmore wasn't around anymore. Um, uh, Tom Baker sadly didn't wish to take part. Um, uh, and then he, he came up with this idea, of, you know, John, of this bit from uh, Shardar, I think it was, mm-hmm. which, which they could use. I mean, it was a shame, I think, that Tom didn't want to be involved in it because it would have been a nice thing. But maybe in a way it, it, melt, it, it maybe prevented it getting too confusing. You know, he was a separate, and it slotted in very well. How Just, different do you think would have been if he would have joined you? Well, I think there would have... I think, you know, John was afraid anyway of... Uh, the reason that we're, we're kept separate for a lot of the thing is that John was afraid that there would be too many egos flying around on the set if you had uh, all the doctors there. Uh, in, in, in reality, that didn't happen because, you know, I was... I felt I, I was secure in the fact that I was the doctor of that of the time. Um, if anything, I think there would have been a problem between Tom and John Pertwee. <laughs> I think maybe if there had been two egos flying around, it would have been those two that had clashed. Because uh, um, Patrick was very kind of just fine about everything, really. That was his yeah. second go at coming back. So yeah, I'm sure exactly. He had a yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, we had uh, Richard Herndl, who was the playing. I think that was his name. Mm-hmm. He was playing the first Doctor, and he, of course, obviously was just sort of recreating our Hartnell. So um, there wasn't a problem there. So in the end, it, I felt, it, if anything, it was a shame that we were kept apart so, so much of the time because there actually, I don't think there would have been a problem. But, it, but maybe it leads it just, up to a great moment. Yes, it does. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. So in the end, it, it was absolutely fine. But I remember when they were talking about it. You know, he said, "Well, we're not going to have everyone having their separate strand and then just meeting." Was there anything in that story that you maybe wished would have happened? Did it, did it sort of fulfill everything that you know, with having a Dalek and a Cyberman, all these different things that are? Going I guess on? so. You know, it was uh, at the time it seemed to be it seemed to fulfill every. Uh, I, I haven't sat down and watched it for many years. My children have. I should be asking them. 
They, they watched it about two weeks ago, actually. <laughs> You, uh, the, there was an extensive interview on the new DVD. Yeah. Uh, I mean, extensive you know, making of, which yeah. was fascinating, and to hear so many stories that seemed to come out. Um, you uh, switching gears a little bit. You said that you've been on record as saying that Nissa was one of your favorite companions, as someone that you know you thought worked well with yeah. the Doctor, as opposed to let's say Tarlow or or, uh, or yeah. Tegan. What's the the story behind the, you know behind the scenes with with her leaving? Was it just that Sarah Sutton decided to? Her time was up, or <clears throat> no? I think it was really John that made the decisions at that time. I'm not really apart from Mark. I think asked to to leave because he found, in the end, the part of Turlo a bit frustrating. Um, you know, it had, it had been promised many things, but in the end, because of the nature of it, we had to keep locking him up to, <laughs> to keep him out of the way in case he would be trying to kill me. It wasn't really properly sort of thought through. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Sarah wanted to leave really. Um, I, I didn't really want Sarah to leave because I, I felt at the time that you, you you sort of needed a companion who wanted to be there, and uh, uh, Tegan really didn't want to be there. Tell it was written as not wanting to be there, so you know I, I was quite fond of the, the Nissa character. Well, you had a, a character in Turlo, and I, I, we were talking about this uh, yesterday mm. over dinner um, about what we enjoyed about your era in the show, and that Turlo. Gave you something to work off because he obviously he was plotting against you, and it was wasn't the usual companion of, uh, Doctor, what's this? Doctor, what's that? Where are yeah. we now? You know, yeah, well, I, I think that's probably true, and maybe they should have been a little braver in the writing of uh, of keeping him around. But I know that you know, too, it was often too easy to sort of get him locked up in a room somewhere <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of episodes uh, to keep him out of trouble. Uh, and ma but maybe they should have confronted the problem. Maybe it would have been better for that if they'd done that. Yeah, they kind of stretched yeah. it out over the But I know that hand. he felt, you know, kind of frustrated by the, uh, the fact that he didn't seem to go, didn't seem to him to be going anywhere. Yesterday in, in your uh, panel, you were talking about some different stories and some things like that. And, and your era had out of all the eras, had the most unused scripts. It almost seemed like John Nathan Turner perhaps commissioned as many as he could and, and picked the cream of the crop. Um, were there any things, that, any things that came across your desk that you said, oh, I wish we would have done this one? Or were you privy to any of those things, even if they weren't used? I wasn't really aware of that. No, I really wasn't aware. I wasn't privy to any of that. Um, you know, there was. A, the, I nearly didn't do a Dalek story because they couldn't get the rights quite some time, it looked like I wasn't going to do one. Uh, so I was quite happy, I was very happy that we did that. Um, you know, I, I loved the, the, the cyber, my favorite had been the Cybermen really, and I loved that story. I thought Earthshot was a great story. And, uh, and also Resurrection of the Daleks, I like, enjoyed too. And, uh, um, well, no, both which were, complete without the Daleks, of yeah, course. No, exactly. Both which were Eric, and I thought Eric really was, uh, um, you know, there was some friction, I think, between Eric and uh, uh, John Nathan Turner. And I was, I thought Eric was a very good writer for the for Doctor Who. I thought he did very well. And, and uh, overall, a pretty good script editor. Um, and it was a shame, in a way, that I think that, that, that there was that friction. I, I wasn't really involved in it, but I was aware of it. Um, but no, I didn't know about the scripts that had been sort of commissioned and not it, used. Just recently, I was reading an article about it, and there was these lists of all these... Really? story titles and writers that were submitting ideas. Mm. Some of them eventually developed either for Colin or you know, somewhere down right, the line or yeah. materialized some novel somewhere. But it was it was said that in your first season they were going through many, many stories to try to get the best of the best. They wanted 
they, they need, you know, China to turn was very clearly trying to change the direction and make his own mark. And, yeah. Um, how long did it take for you really to get comfortable in, in the part? You know, you were, there was, Tom, about, Tom had been there so long and, and About the last story I did. Um, <laughs> You know, it would vary just on the nature of just a, if a particular story kind of grabbed you and the energy of it grabbed you. I think we could we sort of could fire our way through it. Those are the ones I enjoyed. Um, so the more energy it had, from my point of view, the, the better, really. Um, so sometimes you you know, like like many things in this business, it sort of comes and goes. It's not that you gradually get more confident and then things are rosy. You know, you have a you have a kind of rosy um, show and then you have a show you feel. Mm, not quite got that one going, and then you have another great one, and then you go, oh, this one's not quite right. Uh, and that's the way it went, really. Well, you did a great job, because you had this, uh, you stepped into, literally, you stepped into the shoes of Tom Baker, mm. who had this seven-year run, and here you are, you were cast as, at that time, the, well, still, to this day, the youngest actor to play the title role, and you, you still took command, mm. and your character really held what that essential Colin Baker once says, once had said, the doctorness. You know, that every doctor is is it's different, but you, uh, but there's certain essential qualities that make the character who he is. And I think you, even though you played, you were young, obviously, I just said you were the youngest actor, so you had youth going on your side. You had energy, but you also were a very laid back doctor. Um, as opposed, and also as you had mentioned in your panel yesterday, John Nathan Turner toned down the humor. You know, you tried to inject some of that yourself, but uh, but I think you still really commanded the part. And uh, I, I, you know, hats off to you for that. Is it is it true that that um, that you expressed concern to JNT about uh, the essential doctorness or, or something along those lines? That he, I, if I remember, and I'm I'm going strictly on memory, that he gave you some advice that. Um, Maybe asking about some kind of command or something like that. He said, "Let let the the doctor will happen," as opposed to something about you being a particular thing. He said, "No, the the role of the doctor will will lend the credibility or the authority." Or something along those <laughs> I don't lines. really quite recall that. <laughs> Damn, I wish I, I had mean, that quote. Today. It would be much easier. <laughs> was it him who said, who said that? I think it oh, was. Right. I think okay. it, it may have even been in his in his autobiography. Oh right. Okay. I don't recall that. I don't recall many conversations like that with John. I must admit. Um, uh, but obviously, you are you are fairly tentative when you you start off because you don't it's not a kind of character you can research in any normal way mm. um, you know you can't really go into his, his background doesn't really help you kind of create this so you're you are starting from scratch and you're also almost definitively starting from scratch in other words you're you are there to be different um, so you almost have to start with a blank piece of paper uh, um, yes and I also he said one thing an odd thing I think most unnerving said to me, was that um, we, we, we wanted a personality actor, and I never quite understood what he meant by that, but it wasn't what I considered myself to be, in fact I was quite baffled by that, because I saw myself as very much uh, just an actor who just kind of approached that, you know, approached a part in a fairly kind of, you know, just got myself into the character and tried to play it, I didn't see myself as... A sort of, you know, John Pertwee, I, I would say, would be a personality kind of right. actor. And I didn't see myself as that. And, I, and actually, I, I don't think, uh, um, I suppose Patrick Troughton would be the example of 
someone you'd think was, but wasn't. Mm. You know, he wasn't a personality actor, although he did a fantastic uh, impression of being one, <laughs> but actually he wasn't. And it you was do a, kind a good of job of fooling oh, well, everybody thank in, you. Thank, right? you. thank you. Well, that's, I mean, that's then who I took as that kind of blueprint for that, of Patrick, because I knew that he wasn't. Um, but he did a, he managed to almost invent a personality which then kind of slotted in. That's kind of what you said on, mm. on the first interview a few days ago that mm. you said that you think the next doctor would be very specifically an actor. And at first I thought mm. you were being very humorous, like, well, who are they going to get? Well, they're going to cast an actor. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of talk all the time about a lot of the suggestions that come up are not actors, yeah. you know, whether it's, um, you know, Personality role. Yeah, personalities, yeah, yeah or, or comedians who, who do, you know, you know I, I think the guy from Little Britain came up, you know, mm. um, uh, and I, I, I just feel that the, knowing what I know, and I'm not privy to any kind of background information at all, I stress that, that, that their, prime, their priority is to get a, a, an actor, more so now than ever. I think I do see it as running the gamut of things. Uh, well, there's, uh, like you were saying, there's more emotion in the yeah. show now than yeah. there ever was, yeah. so they need that, that yeah. sort of uh, that range for those kind of things. But you, you brought up Little Britain, and, and we were watching um, your, oh. uh, your, your little segment called Fans from the, the Doctor Who night. Oh, know. yeah, with Mark, oh, yeah. Can you, <laughs> anything behind the scenes there? I mean, that's one of those things that will, will seem to never materialize anywhere, <laughs> but it's a cult classic amongst people. I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Actually, tell you the truth. <laughs> how does that come about? Like, How do you get a phone call and say, listen, we're going to kidnap you? Well, <laughs> I, I, I knew Mark, you see, because uh, I'd I, I done... Um, these, this, there was this guy in Britain called Bill Baggs who did these... Very, very cheap interviews. No, not interviews. They were actually dramas. Oh. Um, uh, uh, and he done, did about three of them, I think, and I was involved in one of them. And Mark, I think, wrote. I think he wrote one of them. They, they, they really weren't even officially released. I don't even know where they were sold. The Arizon Solution. The Arizon Solution was with one. John yes. And That's right. Oh, that. Where with, yes, with John Pertwee. Yes, with me holding up John Pertwee's lines because he couldn't remember anything. <laughs> uh, that, was very, that was a very good one. Yeah, they were very cheap and I don't think very good, but, but they were kind of fun to do and they were almost like student things. But Mark was involved in, in I think, in the Air Zone Solution. I think whether he wrote it or not, whether he was just in it, I can't remember. But, um, and so I would, you know, I, I, I got to know him and then he said, I've got this little group of you know, friends, we do this little comic stuff. And so I would go off to these comedy clubs in London and, and see them. And they were fantastic. And that turned into the League of Gentlemen mm -hmm. that Mark Gatiss did. And, and he just came to me one day and he said, oh, we, we, there's this Doctor Who night and I've got this sketch. Uh, <laughs> and really, truly, it was kind of Mark. It was kind of, I think, somewhere it was Mark's fantasy, kidnap a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's, what, that's how it came out. It was great fun. It, it's amazing to see that you just take this, this what could be just a simple little sketch and you, you all seem to have such great time with it and, and yeah. from all fans because it's it's the it's the fandom push to its it's possible extreme and we get to you know, it is, yeah. Oh, cool yeah. Fun of this. I was like, oh yeah, that would be cool. But he that? could, he could do it. You see, because he, he was the fan. He was a fan. Yeah. He was a fan. Yeah. And you could probably like, picture his room looking like yeah. that, with <laughs> the big giant posters and things and stuff. Oh, um, and you did a great job of acting with just your eyes, because your mouth you opened. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. You just you have to convey everything with the, the sweat of your brow yeah. and the eyes looking back and forth, and, and you're just yeah. pure genius. So. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for, for giving us a few minutes today. Okay, I know you've, you've been 
pretty uh, shuffled about all weekend doing many different things, and it's great that you're here. And we, uh, you are always welcome in the United States. We can't wait to see you again. Thank Hopefully, you very much. Hopefully, back in LA, perhaps, or yeah, back here know. sometime. Right. You never know. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Ken Deep, Louis Trapani, and Mr. Peter Davison here on Doctor Who Podshock. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. almost 10 o'clock at night. I've got something for you. The Ice Warriors episode two. Better than that. The Ice Warriors episode three. No. The Ice Warriors... You know who this is, don't you? His credits include Love for Lydia, a very peculiar practice, all creatures great and small, Robert Hardy, and Doctor Who. It's not Peter Davison! Don't shout his name like he's a thing. Oh, you know how we always said it'd be nice if we would hang around outside his flat in Bell's Eyes Park one night, soak a handkerchief in chloroform, press it to his face and bundle him into the boot of a car. No. Well, here he is! Oh, my God, it's really him! I've not cried this much since Adric died. Excuse my friend Mark Peter Davison. He's a little bit of a fan. <laughs> Enthusiast. In modern and dead, Peter. Oh, the Brigadier. Don't ask him about Doctor Who. Everybody asks him about Doctor Who. He's gonna think you're a right nutcase. <laughs> ask him about his theatre work or about composing the theme to Button Moon. What's that? It's a sonic screwdriver. Never fails. Drop the sonic device. Isn't my day, is it? Even the sonic screwdriver won't get me out of this one. Are you seeking Doctor Who news? The Sonic News Driver. Selected Doctor Who related news stories delivered sonically. All in a bite-sized podcast. No bigger than a jelly baby. This can function as a sonic blaster, a sonic cannon, Mommy. and a turbulent fold of sonic disruptor. Doc, what you got? Uh, I've got a sonic cannon. Oh, never mind. What? It's sonic. Okay, let's leave it at that. Disruptor, cannon, what? It's sonic. Totally sonic. I am sonic to all. A sonic what? Screwdriver! The Sonic News Driver. Find it on iTunes or go to sonicnewsdriver.com. Who has a sonic screwdriver? I do. The Sonic News Driver. Get yours today, sonically. Neat, isn't it? In a world where you can't find a movie, the Cue the Film podcast comes at the most dismal time. This movie is like, there's an implosion in like pretty colors. This movie features a three-hour clip of a wonderful waterfall falling. Four men, 
and women vow to do the impossible to make a podcast where alien movies sappy love stories I love you never let us part the bad news is I'm dating Fisher Stevens and blockbusters I'm king of the world even though I personally have a vagina will meet and coexist kind of I'm some random British guy you've probably never met. Here to tell you the Cue the Film podcast is here. Find it at cuethefilm.blogspot.com Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. And we're back on Doctor Who Podshock, Kendeep Lewis Trapani, James Norton, www.podshock.net or thegallifreyembassy.org is our website. Feedback at podshock.net is the email address. And uh, I guess it's apropos that it's the feedback portion of the program. And James and Lewis have a few things to read to you. Well, let's start off um, on that note that Ken just said. You know, you can send us your feedback at feedback at podshock.net. And in the past, we had the Doctor Who Podshock public call box, which uh, for a time it, it, it went away. Now it's back again. So we do want to announce that, that it is back. And the number is 206-600-6517. So um, once again, that's 206-600-6517 is the new number for the Doctor Who public call box. And we encourage you to call once again a reminder that this is a u.s number so um it's um in washington state if that means anything to you but just bear that in mind because um even though it's a we don't charge anything for you for calling any long distance charges that may occur you have to be aware of and um to that note to that to that end we have received a new call a new piece of feedback to that and um and and i just do want to remind everyone to please if you are you know leaving us audio feedback please include your name and where you're call, calling from just so that we can sort of introduce you otherwise um <laughs> all we can say is here's this guy that called our, our, our number and and that's what i'm going to say here's uh what girl as the case may be <laughs> so uh let's start things off with um with a call to the doctor who podshock public call box hello caller you're on the air podshock people I uh, just wanted to call out the new um, phone box phone number, and um, you know, cause why not? And um, there you go. It's been uh, very nice to have new Podshock episodes again lately, and uh, so keep it up. Um, I really had nothing to say. It was just <laughs> I just put the new number in my phone. I'm so sad. I have the Podshock public call box phone number on speed dial on my phone but uh again i have nothing to say except keep up the good work boys well that's something to say <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i love that he has it on speed dial yeah very important to uh, dial it very very quickly uh, if you've got uh, some important doctor who news to cover or some feedback to, to let us know about your your geek rating just increased by one by putting that yes. in speed dial i mean i have it on my phone but i don't have it on speed dial <laughs> 
Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I, I heartily support it. Oh, I yeah, yeah, no, I'm encouraged to do it myself now. You never know when I have to immediately, it's an emergency, I have to leave feedback. One. <laughs> Guys, major news article just come out. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, interesting uh, news segments, we had a, a wonderful email from uh, a chap up in Scotland who I think we, we read out one of his emails uh, fairly recently on Podshock, how he got into Doctor Who and, and so on. A bit like Dave AC, he's been around, uh, he's been watching Doctor Who since the beginning. And that's a chap named Gordon Davey. And he says, hi, guys, I spotted the attached item in today's Metro. Note for Lewis and Ken, the Metro is a free newspaper given out on buses and in railway stations. I thought you might be interested from Gordon Davey. And it's a fantastic little uh, picture from, from the newspaper. Uh, I'll upload it to the, the media gallery on, on podshop.net. Uh, the caption to the picture is, who's this? Alan Christensen shows up Christ... Christison, I should say, shows off his collection to his children, Jake and Tom, and it's uh, a, a chap dressed in uh, uh, the Sixth Doctor's uh, costume, uh, surrounded by uh, his two kids, and lots and lots of Doctor Who memorabilia. I'll read the article out. It says, Wife calls time on Doctor Who obsessive. The wife of a Doctor Who obsessive claims her husband has turned their dream home into a Dalek-filled nightmare. Alan Christensen has spent thousands of pounds on uh, toys, clothing, posters and books related to the BBC series. The father of two from Arboroth in Angus even bought a full-size Dalek and invited former Dr. Sylvester McCoy to his wedding. But as he searches for replica TARDISes, uh, wife Hazel claimed the hobby has gotten far enough. Some people are flying ducks in their hallway. We have flying Daleks. Alan says he is a true fan, but he's not. He's obsessive. Well, uh, a nice little story in the Metro for a bit of fun and a great little photograph. So uh, thank you ever so much, Gordon. Uh, I'll upload that to the, the media gallery in time for when the, the podcast goes out. And maybe if Lewis is, uh, is kind enough, he'll uh, put it as the album artwork on the Enhanced podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah, so you can absolutely. click and see it right there. Sounds like a plan. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, next piece of audio feedback comes from, and this was uh, sent to us at the feedback email address. So uh, keep in mind, you can send audio feedback to either the Pachak public call box, or you can send it directly to feedback at pachak.net, or you can even uh, use Skype, and the handle there to use the screen name is Pachak, and we'll get it there as well. So, um, Next up is a piece of feedback from Brad. Hello there, Lewis, Ken, and James. This is Brad, and I'm emailing you from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I've been listening to you guys since show number one. Um, so I've been around for quite a while. Enjoy your show. And uh, I'm really glad that you're back in the studio and doing interviews and that kind of stuff. So thanks a lot, guys, for, for all that you do. Um, a couple weeks ago... Um, Ken put out a call on the show for uh, information about new um, fan clubs in, in different areas, and so I wanted to ring you guys up and tell you a little bit about the uh, one we have here in Raleigh. It's uh, You can find us if you go to carolinahoo.org, um, and that will send you over to our website at meetup.com. Um, and uh, we're, when you get there, we're called the Raleigh Doctor Who Meetup Group. Um, or as 
some of us like to be called Raleigh friends. Um, so we've been active for just over a year, and uh, we have about 30 or 40 members who've attended the meetups, and um, it's been, I think, very successful. Um, we've got a lot of different things going on from viewing parties and all kinds of different activities. Um, currently, what's going on is we're doing a weekly viewings at people's houses of uh, the John Pertwee episodes. And I think we started from Spearhead in Space and, and are now up in the middle of season eight, I think. And um, so we're going to probably take a hiatus for that for the holidays, but uh, we'll pick it up again in the new year. And uh, But for, for Christmas season coming up, we've got a, a special viewing. We do this occasionally um, when there's new episodes and that kind of thing. We, uh, we go to a sports bar here in town called Blinko's, and uh, they have a private room with a big screen TV, and we can order food and all that. And so we've, uh, we've, we've scheduled up on December 13th, if you get this out you know, before then, um, we, we've got a big meetup on December 13th for watching all the... Christmas specials so far, the David Tennant ones, so um, that'll be a lot of fun. And then, um, of course, we'll probably do something after after Christmas with the new special too. So look out for that. The uh, we, but we also do a lot of other things besides viewing parties. Um, in fact, we'll probably do more more of the other things than we do the viewing parties. Um, some of the cool stuff we've done recently is uh, a couple months ago when it was a little warmer, we wrote, we all had a little campfire thing going on here at, at my house actually, and um, did uh, big finish audios around the uh, campfire, and so that was a really great setting to do that. So I had a lot of fun. Um, and then right before that, we had done a read through. A script read through, sort of like you see on the Doctor Who Confidentials, but we did it with uh, the Macro Terror, and that was a lot of fun because nobody had seen that story, and it was a great way to experience those missing episodes. Um, so that kind of stuff is always going on. In fact, if if this gets out soon enough, um, we have a, a game party going on on December six, um, and rumor has it that they're they're. We'll, they're preparing a Doctor Who Seen It game, uh, which should be a lot of fun. And uh, so, wanted to share all that with you. Again, we're at CarolinaWho.org, and uh, thanks for all uh, you guys do and for spreading the word. And uh, hope that we'll you know, get some Podshock listeners out to to be with us and uh, and uh, share the the excitement. Thanks, guys. I love those ideas, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. The, the the campfire with the big finish is a great idea, although I don't think we could have that on Long Island because we'd wind up getting ourselves arrested for starting a, an open fire. We're in a suburban neighborhood. And the um, the read-through of the script is brilliant. It's, uh, talk about, like, memorable. You know, everybody has a good time and they laugh and everybody can kind of impersonate the characters and, and get a little bit of acting. Great ideas. Love them. Absolutely love them. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Go on. Sorry, Louis. No, no, that's all, that's all. I, I just want to encourage other because we are, uh, you know, a, a network of, of fan organizations in a sense uh, via this podcast. If any other organizations are out there that want to give a shout out, you know, feel free to uh, to let us know and, and, you know, so that we can spread the good word. 
Mm. And uh, uh, our last uh, pod shock, there was a, a request for some information about Texas and I, uh, fan groups in, in San Antonio, and I I did forward the uh, the information on that, so that um, Esco mm. uh, was helping me out with that. So thumbs up, thank you. Awesome. Okay, next email. This is from a chap named Joe Yu. He says, "Hey guys, great podcast." Incredible with the interview with uh, Peter Davison on one three four. Very informative. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. I hope that uh, you enjoyed uh, Ken and Lewis's interview on this particular podcast, number one three five. Anyway, he, he continues. I just wish you guys brought up the last detective and Davison's role of dangerous DC Davies. For the man to be able to portray such different characters as DC Davies and the Doctor just shows how great and versatile an actor Davison is. Also, kudos for not bringing up his daughter's relationship with David Tennant. You guys are all class. Joe. Well, thanks, Joe. That's very kind of you to say so. <laughs> and he brought up David, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just, it just made it into the show. Um, yes. He, he was asked about it in the panels, and, and he did discuss it um, at New England Fan Experience. You know, he's not... Um, uh, actually, he didn't bring up the relationship, though, with... with David Tennant or whatever, he, but he did bring up his daughter and, and spoke um, very openly about his relationship with his daughter and, and acting and her getting into acting and stuff. And they did have, although we didn't add the discussion of The Last Detective, there were several questions about it at the uh, during the panels. And yeah. perhaps... I, I may have a, a piece of audio if I have to review, and if so, um, I don't, you know, of him speaking about The Last Detective, and if so, I'll insert it here into the podcast. Cool. Cool. So, one final email. This is from a chap named uh, Triple D, Donald D. Deanst, <laughs> quite a name. And he says, I'm sending you this email in the hopes that you will let your listeners know about the new fan film feeder video podcast available through iTunes. This is a video podcast feed that is dedicated to putting forth everything that the fan film community has to offer. So if you can get past some second-rate acting and just need that one more quick fix of your favorite shows, well, we're here for you. We will cover any genre, but it will mostly be sci-fi films, and the quality will span the gamblet from I can't believe that was a fan film and not a big-budget Hollywood movie to some real stinkers, but we will try and keep that to a minimum. Since this is a video podcast, it is purple, uh, perfect for people who have Apple TVs, uh, video iPods, iTouches, or even iPhones. If you have the optional video cable for your device, you can even watch it on your TV. Recently, the Doctor Who fan film The Collectors by the Sci-Fi Club was put on the feed. The episode description is, A student's theft of time of a time machine does not go as planned when he lands on a medical ship and is suspected of sabotage. His efforts to help only confuse the situation more, and he discovers the danger that not only threatens the future of the entire planet, but the existence of himself and his people. Hop into the TARDIS for a trip that really started it all. Just search uh, the iTunes store for Fan Film Feeder to find it. Thanks, the Fan Film Feeder podcast triple d deanst well thank you for that mate it's good to to know i'm a huge fan of fan films i have to say uh i think we've talked about a bit about it on the show before mm -hmm. i entirely support them and uh, whilst this is 
well, I wouldn't say it's spam because I think it's relevant to you guys out there. Um, but it, it's nice to see uh, that, that people are emailing us in and, and letting us know about this kind of stuff because I, for one, as a Doctor Who fan, uh, particularly in the times when Doctor Who is off air and we're, we're waiting for it to come back on the screens, it's great uh, to, to have something else that's Doctor Who related to, to rely on, a, something like Big Finish, but also uh, fan films in general. So cheers for that. That's grand. Yes, and also uh, I want to make a quick mention at our our friend Clive Young, uh, who is an author, uh, who just put out a book actually about about fan films. Uh, he's not a Doctor Who fan; he's primarily a, a Star Wars fan and comic book fan. But he, we had a, a lengthy discussion about some Doctor Who fan films, and he had offered uh, either Lewis or I, or you, James, as well. But you weren't with us in the conversation on his blog about fan films um if we wanted to do a blog about fan, you know doctor who fan films specifically being that his blog is a fan film community uh and he really doesn't have a lot of uh, depth of knowledge about doctor who and in particular doctor who fan films what makes it good what makes it bad so so there's a bit of a call out for either one of us or any of the listeners um clive's a great guy and an excellent author and and uh, we saw him he's a long island guy and uh, I know him prior to writing this book. He was at New England Fan Experience, and, he, he, and he's a regular at Icon every year and does hosts some of the fan film programs at Icon. Oh, good show. Indeedly. So I think... Oh, one other mention, actually, in terms of feedback. Rassilon, we did get your fantastic email. Thank you ever so much. But we're kind of a bit strapped for time. It is another nice long mammoth email in which he he uh, reviews several books. Uh, and I will get around to reading it uh, perhaps next time. It's just that we kind of uh, Ken has to to step out. He's a he's a busy man, so uh, I'll read it out on the next show. So you can all look forward to to hearing what he thinks about the the next set of of three books. So cheers, mate. I'm just wanted to let you know I've not forgotten about you. Absolutely, yes. All right. Well, I think that's going to round out the show for this time. And I want to thank you all for listening. Obviously, James and Ken. Thank you. I, I actually do want to send one quick notice out, please, before we go. Um, okay. The good, our good friends at Hurricane Who down in Orlando, Florida, which will be October of 2009, the big Doctor Who convention down there. They're doing a holiday get-together, a holiday meetup on, I believe, Saturday, December 27th. 2008 uh i i'm trying to access my email as we speak and for some reason i'm i'm experiencing technical difficulties please stand so, by um, but i'm sure if you go to hurricane who's website you'll find out more information about their their meetup on december 27th down in orlando florida so uh that's a quick note if you're in the orlando area and, and looking for fan you know groups of doctor who fans or you'd like to get involved perhaps in volunteering at the convention i'm sure they need the help what convention doesn't need volunteer help yes that's the, that's what conventions run on and thumbs up to Jared for, uh, A, mentioning us at Chicago TARDIS, uh, so returning the love, and B, a shout-out to their Hurricane Who, the official podcast 
uh, they have a podcast now mm-hmm. uh, so uh, to keep you not it, it's it's uh, it takes place as a sort of a, a beginner's guide to Doctor Who if you're you're relatively new to Doctor Who or I'm just watching the new show and would like to find out a little bit about the history of Doctor Who yeah. but it's also a great way of staying informed on what's going on with the convention uh, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll have a few exclusives of their own as far as interviews and some things like yeah, that we had mentioned it in the in a previous episode I believe it's called Timelines mm-hmm yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we did. We mentioned or we ran a promo for it, or um, but anyway, we, we spoke th- about it. I don't think, um, to my knowledge, I don't think they prepared a promo, but we did encourage people to listen to it. There's a lot of great Doctor Who podcasts out there. Uh, we we encourage you. You know, we have one big community, and we encourage you to support them all. And this is just a great way, like I said, of, of staying in touch with what's going on at, at Hurricane Who, uh, especially if you're, you're planning on going. You can get some inside tips and things like that, and we'll try to cover it as well because uh, I think that Lewis and I are are um, planning on making a, an appearance in the Sunshine State. Well, we hope so. Yes. And um, and on that note, we are the next Doctor Who Podshock episode will probably be a special roundtable discussion podcast discussing the 2008 series, a series four of Doctor Who, and we have invited various Doctor Who or um, just uh, podcast uh, hosts to the roundtable to uh, get their take on it, and um, so probably that will be 136, and look forward to that. Very cool, and we also have our uh, in the can our. Uh our interview with uh, Eliza Roberts, who was a, a, a total sweetheart, and, and uh, we had just a very lengthy and, and very enlightening conversation with her at New England Fan Experience. So we know that that is on deck. So lots of surprises, and we're heading into the next Doctor, this year's 2008 Christmas special, Doctor Who Christmas special. So uh, it's going to be very exciting. So. And we mm. want to thank Peter Davison for his time and efforts. Uh, he was a great guest and um, great interview to have. It's good to have to talk to Peter Davison once again after 20 some odd years since our last interview. So it was, um, but this time it was just a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. yeah we, we shortened the gap. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Great guest. Absolutely spectacular um, guest to, to have. Just very friendly and, and open and just a, a, a real joy to be around. His, his energy for Doctor Who is, is still just as wonderful as it was when he played the Doctor. So, And once again, thank you to Paul and, and Deb for the New England fan experience, Paul Aldred, who, um, for their generosity and, and, and their sponsorship for our podcast and um, the help that they provided as well to making it, you know, in order to make it all happen. You know, they, like many cons, do rely on a lot of volunteer help, a lot of people who give their their time and their efforts. And so all the volunteers at, at New England Fan Experience, you know, have to be commended for, for really stepping up. And, and, you know, a convention is a big thing and it can turn into a monster and get very ugly very quickly. So uh, when you when cons go right, you, you have a tendency not to notice it. You just sort of expect that they will. But there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Mm, absolutely. Always want to, you know, I want to let you know as someone who's done cons for for almost three decades, it's always appreciated. Believe me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that's going to wrap things up. And until yes. next time. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Yeah. You 
have been listening to Doctor Who Parchark by the fan-run GallifreyNBC.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Parchark is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Parchark. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. This Art Trap production has been brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Peter is a friend. He is a guest in this house. Mark, you would not say to a friend, please put your signature to this Chris Achilles illustration depicting the five incarnations of the Doctor commissioned to celebrate 20 years of travel through time and space? No! It's an imposition. What about a photo?